Hey guys, we've got another episode of Brain Dead right here, right now. Stay with us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us on another episode of Brain Dead here at After Buzz TV. Another great episode it was, episode 108, entitled mm-hmm. The Path to War Part 1. And the gathering political storm. And it was part one. You can tell that this is going to be a war that is going to happen in some capacity, at least between the bugs and the humans. So a little bit of prelude in this episode. Uh, A great episode it was. I am Kevin Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at TheKevinEllis or on Instagram at KevinEllis25. Lucretia. And uh, guys, I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Well, we uh, a week later, <laughs> we start off exactly where we were. But before we got to that, we had our awesome intro song as <laughs> usual. And it was perfect this time. They even worked oh. into it a little pharmaceutical commercial parody, which was fantastic. Yeah, and I loved um, that they did it just full-on, just pharmaceutical commercial style. Like, it was completely real, and I love what did it say? Brought to you by the American Juicers? Yes. Yeah, yeah something <laughs> it was like that. brilliant. A perfect little, uh, probably like a super pack yeah. or something like that, and uh, now that we're uh, all infected in the uh, D.C. community. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was perfect. It felt like a Allegra commercial or something like that. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, But as I said, we started right where we left off. We were left with a little cliffhanger. Uh, We were wondering whether or not Laurel and Luke's father is infected. As it turns out, he was in this episode. But before it was confirmed, you had Rochelle and Gustav who were debating with one another whether or not to tell Laurel. And they finally got around to doing so. But again, before we found out whether or not he was actually infected, there was ambiguity when she, when they held up the device to his head. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about them actually uh, revealing this to her without confirming it? Because I thought at, in the moment, I was I was just thinking about the ramifications that it could have. I know that they're trying to protect Laurel, but I mean that's a heavy thing to bring on to somebody. Yeah, and, you know, I like that they at least debated it between the two of them on what was the right thing to do, especially considering that, you know, it is a very concerning situation, especially because Laurel herself had already dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I like that they revealed later that he, it was possibly the Parkinson's to give you a little bit yeah. more pull. Yeah. It was a good little twist. Yeah. Um, after that, we had uh, Red and Gareth, who had a great, great scene together. Uh, Red was going through the political footage that was on the uh, cable news, and Gareth was reviewing the security footage with Red to find out what the hell happened in the hearing where everybody's raising their hands up, going for two votes, um, and he points out that there were black people in the hallway. Oh yeah. my! One of the funniest moments, at least in this show uh, so far. I, I I was dying. And just after last week, Red said, "I believe that black clubs matter." <laughs> no, yeah, they're really they're working uh, a little bit, a little bit of uh, racial uh, jokes in there, and it's I mean, it lighthearted. Yeah, really it, it was like it well. clearly meant to be a joke. And he's like, oh, you yeah. know, he goes, "I would have said if they were dwarfs too," and he's like, "I don't think you can say that either." <laughs> <laughs> but Gareth recognizes exactly who it 
it was. It was Rochelle and Gustav mm-hmm. in the hallway who manipulated the whole incident. What did you think of Gareth lying for the two of them? I thought that was a good good pull. Yeah, and, and at least with Gareth, we have where he doesn't necessarily believe the whole story, but he knows mm-hmm. something is up and he wants to protect Laurel and thus her friends. So I really like that, um, you know, his first instinct was to, like, try to lie for him and let Laurel know immediately, hey, you got to watch out, you know? I thought it was a good moment. We haven't really seen that type of um, that type of friendship in Gareth yet. Uh, I think it was really cool uh, character development for him. Then we get to the hearing, and the hearing was very interesting because you had a couple of uh, a couple of weird twists to go along with it. Because Red brought on this guy from the Islamic Raid front. Who was a total phony, had nothing to do with the Islamic Raid front, uh, but he's he's at least saying that he's from this terrorist organization and that he produced the serum that made the heads explode. Yeah, and what's great is he's played by Omar Mascotti, and if you guys know us from After Buzz, he played Omar in Better Call Saul. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was good pickup. Yeah. You, you were you called it pretty sh- uh, soon thereafter. I was I was shocked yeah. that you that you picked up on that, but. Good job, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they had Red, who is really attempting to lead this on. And again, you're seeing that the bugs are really making this pull to detract from all of the things that are going on, even when it seemed certain mm. that they were actually in a scenario where they were going to be at least revealed to the public of their existence. But that didn't happen. It seemed really certain last episode. Uh, This whole episode bypassed that. They really didn't make issue of the fact that their hearing was broadcast to to national news and that it was a, you know, a huge gaffe on their part. What what did you make of that? Yeah, and, and this is sort of like telling about how our times are now, like, especially, you know, with politics, if there's like a big thing like that, where it was sort of everyone, they just sort of gloss over it. But mm-hmm. say if it was one side or another screwing up, they would have been all over it being like, oh, the Republicans are dumb, the Democrats are dumb. But the right. fact that it was everyone, they're like, we're just going to gloss over that. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was fascinating because I still feel like there is a... I mean, <laughs> this whole political season has been flipped upside down and we're noticing something totally different with Donald Trump and political correctness. But at least those members of this, you know, Senate are still held to a different standard. And I felt that it was just a little... To just glance over it completely, I thought was a little unrealistic, if I'm being honest. But uh, did you think it was? Yeah, like the Rachel Rachel Maddow character kind of uh, touched on it a little bit, like making fun of them, holding both hands up for the torture debate, you know, just like really getting upset. But that was really the only like media coverage we saw at all. Yeah, Yeah. they chalked it up to just them being... Losing their minds, yeah. I guess, for a moment and in time, and just being a little, uh, I guess, just uh, protesting the whole vote altogether, knowing that they might end up losing. Uh, anywho, so once that hearing uh, ends, Rochelle is followed home by an individual mm. who is infected, as it turns out. It took a while to get to that point. It took a long time. But what did you think of her attacking him with what looked like a pork leg? 
Is that what that was? Yeah, like or a big turkey leg. Turkey one. leg. Something I was like, like that. something, but that was so funny because she's looking. She's like, he's got my knives. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Rochelle is so smart, by the way. She's like, I'm gonna hit him with this. Like, <laughs> yeah, good, good intuition. I don't know what that, where it came from, because I, you know, she's a very intelligent woman in the yeah. show, but that kind of intuition we haven't seen before. So it was <laughs> a good smackdown. <laughs> um, so they tie him up. And Gustav immediately wants to get into it with this guy, wants to find out all of the information about these bugs, and even goes to the lengths of implying that he wants to engage in some type of torture, which uh, last episode we were dealing with, and uh, Laurel and Rochelle don't let him do so. What did you make of that? I really like that because it wouldn't have been, at least in Laurel's nature that we've seen, to want to torture this guy. Mm -hmm. So that was very in with her character. And it's always good, you know, just like about telling Laurel. Uh, Rochelle and Gustav obviously see, you know, different sides of things, which is really interesting to their dynamic. And, um, yeah, like Kevin the bug guy, um, <laughs> you know, why do you, you know, you no want to know? by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want to know, but do you really want to torture this guy? So he's yeah. like, he's nice. <laughs> and, and. He really kept up the uh, the whole game going for a long time yeah. until they finally got him drunk. Yeah, that was so funny. And I loved how all the little bottles they, you know, had oh used. God. It's like, it's, you didn't just buy one exactly. big one? Exactly. You couldn't just buy a <laughs> bottle of Jack or something like that. Uh, yeah, all these uh, these small, it was, it was hilarious. Yeah, that's my house. I got a full bar, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right? I didn't have to buy anything. Like, I feel like it was just more work for them to go out and buy the little individual yeah. ones. Um so once that ends, you've got Dean Healy. We're brought back to this idea that he could be infected. But it turns out, through a little snooping on his daughter's part, Laurel finds that he's got Parkinson's medication in his home. And she confronts Luke about it right away. She goes right to her brother, feels as if she's a little betrayed in that moment, does not have uh, any idea at this point in time that he had Parkinson's. But... He reveals to her that he figured it out himself. I mean, if you were in that situation where... You, I don't know. Do you have siblings? Yes. Yeah. Okay. My brother... I have a brother and then a half-brother, an older half-brother. So if your brother kept that knowledge from you, what would you... What would your reaction be? I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. Mm. I feel like she kept her emotions pretty in check, but she... She was taken aback by this whole this whole thought, eh, rightfully so. It's a terminal illness revealed mm -hmm. that it is stage three at this point in time. Do you do you think that this was a good setup? To I thought it was a really good setup personally that Parkinson's is an issue for her father, and this whole this whole being infected thing could be a positive for him. Yeah, I actually really like that, especially because it set up the reason for him calling Laurel and wanting her there. It explained a lot, and then you had this good family dynamic and also sort of uh, pulling it, you know, where he may not be infected. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this Parkinson's diagnosis here. But yeah, it was so much like another show I do that we just wrapped up today, Outcast, where, okay. I mean, it's, you know, obviously way darker than Brain Dead, huh. but it's about demonic possession and how, like, some people, they're saying they like better after, you know, they have this possession. And so it was very similar to, you know, her dad being like, you know what, but I can do this now. And it's, I'm still your dad, just like, you know, the example, Ogden's wife is still Cat, but he mm -hmm. actually likes her better now that she's this new person. And it's it's about the duality of, does this take over completely? Or part of you still there? Yeah. And yeah, the part of you that's still there is, you know, 
still her dad, and I love their chat. Yeah, it was it was a great chat. Before that happened. It was revealed that one mm. of the things you do lose out on is yeah. sexual function. Yeah. So he, she, Laurel, visits Terry, who is a National Mall tour guide, mm. and she's at the De- uh, Jefferson Memorial, and it's revealed that he's been incompetent for a period of time. So this really leads Laurel to confront her father, knowing that if he, at this point in time, is no longer seeing this, this individual... It's likely that he is infected, and she had already tried whispering in his ear, was uncertain whether or not that actually was a uh, a tell as to whether or not he uh, was infected, but you had an interesting interaction, and he, uh, so he being uh, Dean Healy, is still her dad, Mm -hmm. feels that he is an improved person, but isn't like the others. He isn't like Anthony where he goes out and attacks Laurel and immediately tries to turn her. He is more comforting. He knows that he has these goals. He still is on the bug's side, but he's not going to harm his daughter. What did you think of that whole interaction? I thought that that was a very good way to start explaining the different levels of this infection. And see, you see that he is very much still like, yeah, I'm still your dad. He mm-hmm. reassures her, like, I remember, you know, when you were 13 and you did this. And, you know, talks about the memories as well as, you know, points out, you know, I was dying before and yeah. now I'm not. Right. And I can do this. So is it really all bad? And I like that they brought up that debate. I I like how it makes it a little bit harder for Laurel to be gun-ho, I'm all for humanity. Yeah, let's get rid of this immediately. It raises the stakes. It does. It does. And I feel like he brought up an interesting point. Truly, he brought up an interesting point. If you were to have only one year to live and you still had your mental capacity, you still had a sense of who you are as an individual, but you're less of yourself, would you take that lesser route if you had longer life? Yeah, and that that's the great debate. I mean, especially because, yeah, I mean, he was dying, as you said, moving into stage four, mm-hmm. and now, you know, they've got their dad back, but he's not all their dad? The I question mean, is, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. from your perspective throughout the rest of the episode, did you mm-hmm. feel that he was the guy that we know? I know that we haven't had a lot of... I, and I think that's what yeah. really keeps us wondering is because because we haven't had a lot of interactions with this character we've had very little up to this point but we're left to wonder whether or not he still is a part of himself he says he still loves his daughter he still attempts to hug her though it didn't seem too (laughs) sincere and warm um but it just seems that it's an it's just odd to me i don't know what to make of it yeah because to me luke obviously didn't see any red flags no and so we're led to believe that he's at least enough like he has been to where it doesn't raise any flags with luke or his wife or even terry other than the sexual dysfunction and you know that's the thing is so how i mean it's just like you know red and ella they've always been kind of eccentric i'm guessing that's why no one's like well this (laughs) if i was in laurel's position i would totally relate to the idea that all right, I've got my dad longer than I would. And that is that is comforting to know. But the big turn is when she figures out 
that he is capable and likely to turn her mother. She doesn't know how that's going to go. Yeah. And that is threatening. And it is incredibly scary. And so she goes to such lengths as to reveal to her mother that her father is still seeing his mistress. What did Mm -hmm. you take from that? I like that Laurel's first instinct was to protect her mom. Mm Because as you see, like, her relationship with her dad is obviously strained. That's why the awkward hug, even though he's, you know, only half her dad or in whatever way, didn't seem as odd. And she sort of seemed like that seemed normal. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing they've always had this strained relationship because of the affair with Terry. But yeah, it was great for Laurel to be like, no, I'm getting her out of here. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, and she did it in such a great way, too. It was a great scene. She throws out the cherry blossoms immediately, (laughs) recognizes that that is a threat, and almost creepy that he did put the cherry blossoms right next to her side of the bed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, But yeah, I, I do commend Laurel for taking that approach. I think that it was the right decision for her character i know i would protect my mom in that situation yeah exactly and i like how starman uh 934 points out in the chat that this it's similar to a sociopath faking human feelings how Mm. these you know guys are coming back with you know sort of the personality but they're sort of having to fake it because you know they're ants eating half your brain it's a really good analogy Mm. truthfully uh so we do have uh gareth and laurel in what was a cute date i might add what did you think about the burger date yeah that was adorable especially where he's like this is the part where you have to get ketchup on your mouth and i have to put it off and i love how she didn't miss a beat just did it like it's like aw. they they talked business for a quick second he had to reveal that there was an impending threat at the hearing uh but then it did get to the cute moment and finally we do see these two lovebirds finally have the right uh the right kind of sex that they needed to have up until the end and she had to make it awkward by asking about his parents i know (laughs) like why did she have to do that it just it boggles my mind she she seems like she's got it together and then makes it so awkward for him uh so anywho i know that you didn't care for that i remember you having a face as we were watching they had to ruin it (laughs) yeah so they get back to the hearing and Ella is drawing a puppy dog. A great rendition, mind you. She's a hell of a drawer. But Luke points out that the guy on the stand who Red had already put up uh, for, uh, they were training mm-hmm. him earlier, he points out that his lab coat is not really his. And I guess he makes him tell the truth, which was quite fascinating. That What, what did you make of him actually feeling that he had to tell the truth yeah i feel like maybe he had to you know be under oath for this and that's why he felt compelled when he was asked the actual questions to um reveal the truth because he's worried about you know going to jail but pointing out that ella was drawing Mm -hmm. isn't that interesting that it's her right brain working and that's usually what stimulates you know the bugs to go away but at the same time they didn't miss a beat didn't to, didn't. to bring any attention to that yeah. nope you're you're right but is that a sign of hope i think i hope so because i knowing the kings they wouldn't have thrown that in there if it wasn't something significant mm-hmm. yeah. and i give you i, I give you credit for yeah. noticing that because it it was integral and I think that it could play a role, especially knowing that she is is holding the king inside of her. Yes. As we learn later. We'll get to that. Yes, um, that part was fun. That was brilliant. Yeah. So you have a CIA agent who saves Red from himself as Red is 
boiling up that Luke is now catching his game. So the intelligence uh, committee, made up of Luke, Ella, Red, and the committee chair, uh, meet and learn that the Syrians do not have any biological warfare weapons, and that Red has been putting on these fake uh, individuals to come on up and testify. So Red is left uh, in a position where he feels he has to reveal to some degree his emotions and feelings rather than being able to actually reveal the true nature of that meeting because they are kept from speaking about it outside of that room. What did you make of that? It's so uh, clever. I know. It was just so smart how they both did it. Both Red and Ella are like, I was stunned. And they just keep using those words because that's all they can say without, yeah. you know, getting into trouble here and revealing what the CIA has told them. And it's like, you clever bastards. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you have to wonder how often this actually does oh, yeah. happen. Uh <laughs> All semantics, all semantics. But you got Red and Ella who have, again, that Queen King Bee mating session <laughs> in Red's office. It was so well done. Yeah, it was so funny, especially down to the end where they're, like, fixing their clothes and his oh pants. And it's just like, yeah, it was just the bugs out of your ear that did it. But it was just the <laughs> fact that they did that. I was like, that's clever. Ooh, Talking yeah. dirty throughout the whole yes. thing. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> looking at each other in the eyes as they talk dirty. And they got these two ants going at it. Yeah, their eye sex game is on point. <laughs> on point. Tony Shalhoub this season mm -hmm. has been superb. Yeah, I'm loving the Red Weedus character more and more each time. It's like, he's so funny. He's nailed it. Yeah. He truly has. I, I've, I've loved everything he's done with it. Um, so far, he's, pro he's probably been my favorite character. <laughs> um, so, as we get towards the end, we have the fact that they, they did get this prisoner drunk. And he <laughs> starts revealing little tidbits about their game plan at least their psychology the bugs that is what did you make of the fact that the bugs know that humanity can at least he implied that humanity has the upper hand yeah, I really like that, and, you know, it is obvious, especially considering these bugs have to use them to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. Obviously, humanity has the upper hand. It's just their awareness, and that's exactly why they're attacking their left brain. They're, mm -hmm. they're you know, you might think, you know, it all ties together into getting people not to think and um, so they can control them, which is something that, you know, humanity can be a fallacy about, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you have those few people like Rochelle, Gustav, Laurel, Gareth, all these people that are wanting to find out the truth. Yep. Know? And not everybody, or at least not all of humanity, uh, or at least the bugs, mm -hmm. the bugs for that matter, cannot work that right side of the brain. So they don't have those creative elements that make them individual, that make them, I, I guess, interact with humans the way that uh, just we can to to get exactly what they might want yeah i mean whether it be through just through just love just the simple act of love that you can't have that type of interaction in the way that the the, bu the bugs don't have that type of thing so it makes it interesting um and what did you think about once they did release him she Rochelle follows this guy all the way to this secret room, and we teased it a little mm -hmm. bit at the end of the show 
but it possibly might be a little war room that Red is starting out. So this is one of Red's minions? Yeah, I'm guessing so, because especially being as he sent him after Rochelle Mm -hmm. and Gustav, uh, ideally, since he saw the two black people in the video. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so you figured that he worked for Red, but yeah, to find out that they have this whole war room of bug people already working, I mean, this is probably how they've, you know, developed these fake Syrians. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) As witnesses to start a war, but yeah, it's just really interesting that Rochelle was the one to follow, because she was the one kind of on the fence about torturing him and but she was totally cool with following him and seeing what was going on yeah it was uh it'll be interesting to see what uh what comes about from that and we're left with the final scene it's really uh up in the air whether or not laurel is going to be able to turn her father back or if they are going to be butting heads with one another and she even poses that question or he poses that question are you going to fight me the whole way and our dear protagonist says what do you think in the harshest of words what do you think dad am i going to let you do this i love that because this really you know again raised the stakes and now laurel's fighting against her father since he is one of them and are is he going to be able to be saved and does she even want to save him because at this point If she were to save him, he'd only have six months to live. Mm -hmm. I mean, but if she didn't, I mean, is her her dad's going to be around longer? Whether she agrees with him or not, it is the great debate of what what do you do in that situation? My Hmm. personal prediction is that they are going to take the Star Wars approach with (laughs) this show. As we said last week. And that you're going to have Laurel, who is going to be that Luke Skywalker figure, and Hmm. she is going to, at the last minute, even though he might have to sacrifice his life for the greater good, for her, uh, you know, his own daughter's love, that might have to be exactly what needs to happen. Yeah, and I feel like this will be the only way to really pull Luke into the fold, logically, is to for him to see this. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree. Uh, well, it was, a, it was a great episode. A lot of humor in this episode, oh, which yeah. I loved. Um, but do you have any other uh, things to add? No, I'm just, you know, I'm really loving the way that this show has gone. And it's just so tongue-in-cheek and funny. And really speaking on the fact of it's 2016, and they put all these little elements like the field of burn, always Trump. Yeah. That's just so fun to see that and so relevant. It fe- exactly. Yeah. It feels relevant. It feels contemporary. They have a good understanding of what our own political environment has mm-hmm. been. And they've been writing to that. They see some of the ridiculousness that goes on on both sides of the aisle and they know that this is great commentary great satire in order to bring out that foolishness and see exactly like where our own headspace is at and what should we truly value how should we truly handle our own humanity as we go forth and and try and create you know policy run government uh it's been it's been a great season so far and a great uh, a great commentary on our own political environment. So, anyway, uh, tell us where the where everyone can find you on social media. Hey guys, since I'm Lucretia Lyon, you guys can always find me at L A C R E T I A L Y O N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. Who do we have shout outs to uh, joining us in the chat room? Uh, we actually just had Starman934. Starman. Yeah. Thank you for commenting. And uh, for everybody, you guys can comment in uh, YouTube uh, during our live chat room. We've got SoundCloud, iTunes. Hit us up 
uh, during the week. Uh, I am Kevin Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at the Kevin Ellis or on Instagram at Kevin Ellis Twenty Five. Lucretia, you're going to be uh, gone, unfortunately, next week. Uh, Courtney, in New York this week, will be joining us again next week. Uh, in the meantime, have yourselves a good one. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 